Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on a Monday, the 17th of April. I hope this finds you well. I hope you all had a fantabulous Easter and got to spend some quality time with the family. Um, Global Thermal Nuclear War. Would you like to play a game? I hope we're not playing games. Uh, As Donald Trump has decided to pick on the craziest kid in class, two more U.S. carriers now on the way to North Korea. We're going to get you all updated. They tried to slip one past us, too, on Friday while the markets were closed. Economic data was out. We're going to bring you all up to speed. Our toll-free number at 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Sign up for the podcast. Follow us there. Get into the medals program. I mean, you name it. We got all kinds of ways to reach out. Speaking of reaching out, the the end came this weekend to submit your guesses for the gold giveaway contest. Apparently, sometime over the weekend, Facebook, I guess, changed how things look or whatever. Something happened to where uh, the event page now is is not displaying right as you get to our main page. Ryan, uh, one of my guys, he's going to explain it to me <laughs> later. I may have to do them a little bit differently in the future. If, for whatever reason, you went to go submit your guess and, you, and it wasn't there or you couldn't find it or you couldn't put it in, uh, I'll give you till, uh, say, 2 o'clock today to call. You can call in your guests and give it with Wendy, and we'll get you entered to win the free one-tenth-ounce American Gold Eagle. And, boy, I'll tell you what, it's an interesting guess now, isn't it? I mean, I I guess I really have to think about if North Korea, and it's crazy that we have to talk about this, but we do, if they launch a missile, what's that worth? Ten, twenty, thirty dollars in gold. I think all of us would agree. If North Korea comes out this afternoon and launches a missile right into the China Sea or the Sea of Japan or wherever it may be, that probably means gold's going to be what above thirteen hundred. If North Korea launches a missile and the United States decides to do something about it, which is the threat, what's that worth? A hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars in gold? If North Korea launches a missile, we launch 
missiles back at them, and then they launch missiles at Tokyo and Seoul. I mean, I know that that I'm pretty sure that um, they they can reach Hawaii. We don't know if they can reach California or not. How much is that worth? A thousand, two thousand? crazy times that we live in. So if you didn't get your guess, because I saw a few people, the some of them are saying, hey, we think it may get a little uh, a little bit crazy out there. You know, it's kind of that, you know, that adage when you're the new kid at, in school, right? You go up to the biggest kid and you <laughs> throw a few haymakers at them, right, to establish your authority. It kind of seems like that's what Donald Trump's trying to do, but uh, I don't know. I never saw that one coming. I know that we were supposed to be get our defenses back, but picking on the crazy guy doesn't seem like a great idea to me. But nonetheless, here we are. So uh, news broke uh, about a half hour ago that we are sending two more. We already had one carrier on the way. Apparently now we're going to have three U.S. aircraft carriers uh, on their way to North Korea. So we'll try to keep you updated uh, on that event. Uh, Retail sales came out Friday. What a great day for it to come out. Because, you know, that's a pretty big report when you're talking about, hey, how did the consumer uh, do in the month of March? And that, that information came out Friday when the markets were closed. And, of course, right on schedule, it was not good. They said Americans pulled back spending. Uh, They blamed it on car sales and restaurants. That's not good. Right? Car sales, I've been telling you about. Restaurant sales, people aren't talking about it. But those sales declines are starting to pile up. And it kind of really goes hand in hand. Uh, Retail sales dropped despite this healthy job market. This is the article. They said retail sales fell a seasonally adjusted two-tenths of a percent. Much larger than they had expected. I wonder what it was unseasonably adjusted. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Picture Radio News Hour, you know, it's so, wow, it's so crazy. Think about it. Retail sales fell in the month of March, uh, catching, I, it didn't catch me off guard, I guess, catching other people off guard. But don't worry, because the markets were closed. Of course they were. And we have the whole Korea thing now. And then this morning, the soft data. Right, we, we've been talking a lot about this all the time, right? We have this whole, and we've had it going on now for a while, where the soft data says one thing and the actual data says the exact opposite. Retails, this is the actual data, retail sales. Well, it's actual data seasonally adjusted, but it's not like they called you on the phone. And it's not good. And, and I've been saying it all along. Everything's just too expensive. We just don't have any money. 
right? All of us are out there just trying to stay where we're at, and we're losing. And then you start thinking about student loan debt. <laughs> when does that end? What number? Right? We're probably, you know, we were at $1.4 trillion last year. So we're, we're at least at $1.5, maybe $1.6 trillion. I mean, where does that number end? Two, three, five? You know, the way it's, obviously there's really, what, no end in sight. That just turns into, hey, instead of buying a home, I went to college. I mean, that's what it's turning into. That's over a trillion dollars. Car loans, over a trillion. Credit card debt, over a trillion. <laughs> That's a lot of trillions. And they're out there, oh, I can't figure it out. The job market's so great. Of course, we, you know, it's great when we don't count people. That's what makes it so great. So now the Federal Reserve of Atlanta, they are... I guess the most accurate when it comes to calculating GDP. Used to be they were the one group at the Federal Reserve, the only Federal Reserve Bank that did that. But they didn't like the numbers coming out of Atlanta, so they got New York to do it with them. But Atlanta now says first quarter GDP is all the way down to five-tenths of a percent. And again, hard data. But now we're starting to see slippage in the soft data. Uh, today, the New York Empire survey, right, that's the manufacturing survey, fell more than expected, right? That's a soft data number, right? We, there's no actual factual things. You know, they're calling people on the phone, hey, uh, are things uh, going good? You hired anybody? How, how are orders doing? Right? That kind of stuff. And then they had home builder sentiment. That was out today. Another one of those, hey, people coming in, yeah, things going good, you're doing all right. That also fell more than expected. And and I don't know how or where all of this will end up. And as we sit here, as it was, you know, the tax time, right, I, I think technically I guess they're giving us till tomorrow to if you haven't filed yet. And I thought it would be a good time to look back all the way back to when we created the Federal Reserve. Go back to 1913 and see how things have changed. The 104-year history of the income tax. You know, and isn't it ironic that... We didn't have a central bank, and we didn't have income tax. And now we have both of them. In 1913, the income tax top bracket, in other words, the richest American, 7% was the top bracket. Today, it's 39.6%. How are we doing? Right? You want to know why retail sales is in the toilet? 
well, here's a great place to go look. The range in the taxes, 1913, 1% to 7%. That was the tax range. In other words, if you were at the low end, you paid 1%. High end, you paid 7 Today, they say the range is 10 to 39.6, and the real range is what? Zero, right? <laughs> Some people don't pay anything. The top bracket threshold. Today, it's $466,950. If you make more than that, you're going to be in the top bracket. You're going to pay the 39.6. If you converted it into today's dollars, the people that were paying at the top in 1913 would have had it made 11.8 million dollars, <laughs> right? So pretty much only the bankers, right? 11.8 million, and, to, and of course that's in today's dollars. That's how much uh, inflation there was. Total tax revenue, again converted into today's dollars in 1913. The federal government would have collected the equivalent of $17 billion, which, you know, think about, we've, we've, we've lost about, you know, 95% of the value. We, we, they wouldn't have even got a billion in regular money, you know, back when our money was still gold and silver. This year, we're going to collect three, and I say we, $3.364 trillion. By the way, the tax code in 1913 was 400 pages. Today, it's 74,608. 74,600. Hundred and eight. It's a that's incredible. I mean, you think about uh, a, a really, really thick book. You know, uh, Ben Bernanke had wrote a book. Remember, we did it here: the courage to act. This thing is a monstrosity, and it's like six hundred and little. And, and I'm counting all the. You know, all the things that he referenced in the index, even the index was 600 pages, 610 pages, which is an, an incredible amount. This is a couple inch thick book. Now you think about 74,000 pages. How are we going to get rid of it? You know, the whole federal government, you know, the whole purpose. They were supposed to raise revenue from what? From tariffs. Right? There, you, you talked about, and they talk about it in the history books of, you know, taxation without representation. I don't think I'm being represented in the 74,000-page tax code. 
and
whether it's a nuclear test or launch another missile. I mean, they do it every month. Well, I don't know, maybe not every month, but you know. And they got uh, Mike Pence is over there, the vice president. He's at the, the demilitarized zone talking about the end of the Obama policy of, yeah, we're just going to try uh, passive diplomacy or whatever it was. You know, my brother spent several years in South Korea at the DMZ when he was a commissioned officer. He spent a lot of his time there. A uh, matter of fact, I don't even know how many years it was, but it was quite a few. Matter when they first uh, recalled him, and for those of you that don't know, my my oldest brother is who is a lieutenant colonel. Uh, he's in the reserves, and he's also a customer. I, I, you know what? I'll tell you that story when we get back. Patriot Radio News Hour. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. April 14th is the anniversary of the day 185 years ago when Noah Webster published his dictionary containing 30,000 definitions. He had been working on this project for 26 years. As a business venture, the dictionary was not a success. The rights to it were bought after his death by George and Charles Merriam. But as a landmark in giving American English its unique identity and even the American concept of individual rights, Noah Webster's life work was very successful. For example, look how Noah Webster defined the word property, a word whose real meaning is very important to Americans. Our founding fathers thought the right of Americans to own private property ranked right along with life and liberty as fundamental to a free society. It's not only the communists and socialists who have no respect for the individual ownership of property. It's also the United Nations, the environmentalists, and the global pressure groups promoting government control of private property under the labels of climate change and Agenda 21. They want property to be owned and managed by the community instead of by individuals. Here is Noah Webster's original definition of property, quote, the exclusive right of possessing, enjoying, and disposing of a thing. Ownership. In the beginning of the world, the Creator gave to man dominion over the earth. It is one of the greatest blessings of civil society that the property of citizens is well secured. Here is how Noah Webster dedicated his famous dictionary to that great and benevolent being who has borne me and my manuscripts in safety across the Atlantic and given me strength and resolution to bring this work to a close. I would present the tribute of my most grateful acknowledgments. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Want to join the spirited debate over issues you care about? At PSEagles.com, conservative strategists are blogging about education, radical feminism, climate change, national security, parental rights, and other issues you care about. Stay informed and add your own comments at PSEagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And, you know, you think about the reasons why we, we, we put gold away. Because it's really the only store of value left. Right? You can't put cash away. Well, you could. Right? You could put cash away, right? People have it. Oh, I got cash in the safe, or, you know, they buried it in the ground, or they put it in the wall, or whatever it is that they did. And it never works out very well. You know, you, you, if, you, if you stored it 10, 15, 20 years, by the time you, you take it back out again, it's not worth nearly as much. But think about this. If you buried or stored, let's just say you put it in the safe. You put $10,000 in the safe. Even in 2000. It's not that long ago. The average price of a home in 2000 was like $130,000. Right, ten grand almost got you what the down you know ten percent down. Now the average average price of a home it's over two hundred fifty thousand. You think about the cost of college, the cost of health, ten grand in two thousand. You would have paid for a whole year of your family's health insurance. Easy. Easy. Would have had money left over. Right? Now, ten grand. Right? You got a wife and two, three kitties, right? You're, yeah, no. It takes the whole thing. There's no money. There's no change. Right back then, you probably probably would have cost what two, three thousand max. So it doesn't have holding power. You know, you think about you know two thousand gold was under three hundred dollars. Now it's what about ten, eleven dollars away from thirteen hundred dollars. Right? If you if you put that ten grand into twenty dollar gold pieces. Right, you can still pay all of your all of the insurance and have money left over, just like you did in two thousand. It just keeps you whole. That's it. It truly is the the store of value, the store of wealth, and and you can see how we've entered into this super destructive wealth period. Right, where they've been attacking your money. Federal funds rated 0.75.
come on. Right? And and we're just what? We're we're one bomb away from it going back to zero again. Right? And and, and we talk about the gradual destruction. Right? We don't really talk about very often here about these these uh immediate what I'll call a horrific wealth destruction, which we're kinda what, teetering on the brink of that today. You know, it, it it's it's that you know, if a missile is launched, which I think most of us would agree is probably likely, they would, if they have the ability to, talking about North Korea, they're gonna. They may not have the ability to. I don't know. We may have hacked them. I don't know. But you start thinking about if they do launch and we launch, you know what they're going to do. I don't think any of us here doubt how crazy they are. They will launch at South Korea. They will launch at Japan. I mean, could you imagine pictures on the TV set, right? And Seoul is on fire and Tokyo's burning up, right? It's not Godzilla. It's Kim Jong-un. And we hope that it doesn't come to that, right? It shouldn't. But yet here it is. And then you think about what if they do hit Hawaii? It's possible. Could they get to California? Can you imagine any missile at all landing in California? We know they've got nuclear weapons. Would they use them? Can we can we say right? And of course most of us would say, Well, we're gonna strike. And we'll take that out first, right? That's what we'll take the nuclear capability out first. I hope so. But you know, my brother was there, so when he, when my brother always wanted to be an army man, it was really weird. <laughs> it was weird, and I say weird because. You know, I always wanted to, you know, I wanted to be the usual thing. I wanted to be a pro pro baseball player, pro basketball player, something like that. He always wanted to be an Army man. He was in the junior ROTC in high school. My parents let him get his pilot's license. You know, this is what he wanted to do. He went to he went ROTC to the University of Iowa, and and I would see him on campus, and he'd be in his military fatigues, right? You know, just what he did, and I'd make fun of him, and of course, you know, during my life there was really no big war, right? No wars had happened. I mean, I wasn't old enough to remember the Vietnam War, and. He graduated in, in the summer before his graduation. He was in training because he wanted to fly helicopters for the Army. And he made it to the very last week. He's going to be a, you know, a helicopter pilot. He's going to fly the Blackhawks. 
and they were out running around, you know, in their boots and doing one of their runs, and there was a a pothole that he didn't see that he stepped in and rolled his ankle. I mean, the thing blew up, and he couldn't finish, right? He couldn't run during the last week. So they sent him home, right? Sorry. This is how tough it was, right? You wanted to be a pilot. Here is the rule. You get one shot. Pass or fail. That's it. And so when he graduated, he was a military artillery officer. And he got stationed in Korea. We'll talk about his time there next. So after my brother graduates, becomes a an officer, the first stop he got was in Germany. And then Gulf War One happened. Remember Gulf War One? George Bush Senior. The highway of death. And where were we gonna go into Baghdad? Remember, because they had invaded Kuwait. My brother was there. And after that, I guess, you know, really wasn't much of a war, but after that ended, he got sent to Korea where he spent the rest of his time. When it came time, you know, the, there wasn't a lot of war going on. They weren't very busy, and the, the Army, you know, when it came time to reenlist, they said, hey, you know, we'll gladly discharge you. And they did. And he was honorably discharged. And that was 1996, something like that, 96, 97, can't remember the exact date. And then he he actually went into the reserves and did the reserves probably to 2000, 2001, and then he got tired of that. Here was a guy who wanted to be an army man. His whole life was tired of it and, and was out, was a civilian. And then, of course, you know, after 9-11 and all of the the war that started after that, my brother got a letter from the Army. And this was probably... 08, something like that. And and my, my dates may be a little off, but he got a letter from the Army saying, you've got two weeks to report. Now, he had been discharged from there like for over 10 years. Wasn't even in the reserves anymore. Matter of fact, he called them up and said, I've been discharged. Here's my discharge papers. And they said, yeah. We don't care. You're an officer. We can call you back. I think it was up to 50 or 55. I'm not sure which. And anyway, they made it pretty clear. You got two weeks to report. And by this time, he was a major. And so he did what what people do, and he reported back. And he got sent to Afghanistan where he was training 
Afghani police. And I can promise you that as far as my brother was concerned, that was not the job he signed up for. Right? He signed up to protect America. And he didn't feel like, you know, that was part of his job, right? Nation building wasn't in the job description. And while he was in Afghanistan, he had put in enough time to where, and he had done the classwork, and he got promoted in a ceremony in Afghanistan to a lieutenant colonel. And I guess I missed the part. Before he went to Afghanistan, I guess this is my point, when they recalled him, they sent him back to Korea. Because whoever was now in charge in Korea, my brother had worked under when he was in the, the military in the 90s. So they sent him to back to Korea. And then from Korea, he went to Afghanistan. I saw a pretty important part of the story. So I asked him, you know, obviously with all that's going on, and, and you know what, he had something very, very interesting to say to me. And he said, this isn't like you would think. It was very, very real, the DMZ, in his time there. The North Koreans were constantly testing the, the the militarized zone or the demilitarized zone, trying to, you know, get through the fence and playing music and they'd play music back, you know, all this all the gamesmanship that went on there. And this was back when uh Kim Jong un's dad was in charge. <laughs> and his name escapes me right now, but but is it me, or does they, they dress a lot like Hillary? I, I you know, I don't, I'm just saying, right? They got that brown pantsuit thing on. I don't know what that is, but that terrible haircut. But without a shadow of a doubt, this is what my brother said. He says he is 100% certain that if we launched a strike on North Korea, they will do everything in their power to launch back. And he, he said, that's a guarantee. He didn't think it. He knew it. And he's been there a lot. Now, I hope he doesn't have to go back there. Uh, now he, by the way, he's, you know, to finish that story, he's now in charge. Des Moines? He lives in Chicago, but uh, the unit, and, and excuse me for not knowing my military terms, but uh, he is uh, the commander or whatever, the lieutenant colonel of the reserves out of Des Moines, Iowa. But it was something where, you know, I, I start thinking about what the possible outcomes of all of these are. This only can end two ways. We back down, right? We back down and and again try to contain Right, try to negotiate with the crazy guy. I mean, this, this is a, a country that doesn't mind starving their own people. Or, as my brother said, any type of military strike 
will get a response. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll free number, 800 951 0592. By the way, gold's $1,288.30, up $240, $1,288.30. Silver uh, is unchanged at $18.51 as the uh, failed North Korean missile, I guess, has bought us a few days. Uh, if you're just joining us, apparently now we are going to have two more aircraft carriers uh, on their way to North Korea. And we're talking about, you know, my brother, who has plenty of experience here, saying that this, this is going to garner a response. This is how they're, you know, think about what happened, you know, with the, his half-brother who was had uh, the protection of the Chinese. And they had taken these two gales, and I don't know if you followed this, you know, he assassinated his half-brother, who was no longer in the country, had nothing to do with the regime, but he took him out anyway by rubbing, uh, by having two people rub some chemical on his face, like something, you know, the James Bond stuff. And I was reading about it. You know that they had been training these ladies, these two girls. I say they're girls. I think they were in their 20s for quite some time. And by training, they actually had them convinced they were on a TV blooper show. And they had them putting hot sauce and other peppers on people's faces at random at shopping malls. And it's fascinating story. And then had them go to the airport, right, and take out this guy, right? Take out Kim Jong-un's half-brother. I mean, obviously, they are not afraid. And and so it's just one of these things that, that you know what, here's, the unfor- here's what normally happens. Hopefully nothing, right? We got we to gotta hope for nothing. Hope that that we can rein them in a little bit, show some force, but not actually have to do anything. Unfortunately, if something gets done, right, then the gold markets are going to be crazy, silver markets are going to go crazy, and then, you know, everybody wants what they can't have at that point. And the premiums are going to go sky high and all of that. And so I guess my advice to you is really simple. Put some away now. And let's hope it doesn't happen because you got to remember, you know, gold was already through twelve seventy before this came an issue. And really, here's the part I don't like: I think gold would kind of be right here anyway, in lieu of all the bad data that's been coming out. Right? Retail sales were down; they fell in March. Right? Atlanta GDP now is down to half of a percent. That's the lowest level I can remember in years years Friday or was it Thursday Thursday we ran those liberties or saints at 1395 and I'm going to hold that price one more day US $20 liberties $20 saints 
1395 at 800-951-0592. That's the toll-free number. Take the time. Put them away. And let's hope, let's hope that uh, things stay where they're at or hopefully de-escalate. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll all talk again tomorrow.